You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. I'm your host, Mark King. A Thursday edition of the show, the day is finally here. The Grizzlies are going to be able to draft in the number two spot tonight. They're going to draft John Morant. It's going to be a great day, but also huge news yesterday. Mike Conley getting traded to the Utah Jazz, a trade that we actually talked about on the show on Tuesday. So we will break down this trade today. We will go through everything, what the Grizzlies got, what it means. Uh, we are going to try to go through this uh, crazy trade player exception, uh, and I'll try to explain it to you and how it works. Um, we'll go through a little bit of free agency, how much money they may have freed up. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll also get to some questions that you guys sent in about this trade as well. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Grizzlies. But before we get to that, make sure you go out and go subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies wherever you get your podcasts from. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you go and subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies so you don't miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please go rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes. It really helps the show's rankings and it really helps out helps out me as well. So let's get to the show. Utah gets Mike Conley in this trade. The Grizzlies are going to get Jake Crowder, Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, the number 23 pick, and a future first rounder. Uh, this is a little bit different than the trade we talked about on the show uh, because it did include that future first round pick. Also didn't include Kyle Korver. We'll get to Kyle Korver in a minute. I don't think that's a, a, a big get here in this trade. Uh, but that really sets it apart. Uh, the, the future first rounder does have protections uh, from our friend Chris Harrington of the Daily Memphian. Uh, is protected uh, 8 through 14. Basically, it only conveys if the pick is 8 through 14 uh, in the next two years. Uh, and in 2022, it's protected top six. 2023 protected shot top three 2024 is just the uh, first pick in the draft and the 2025 it converts to two seconds so you'd probably look at that that trade or that pick to convey in the 2022-2023 range I mean the next two years the Jazz are going to be good they're going to have Mike Conley the next two years they're going to have Rudy Gobert obviously they're going to have Donovan Mitchell they're going to be good um, so you probably uh, that pick will probably convey it probably won't convey the next two years because they're probably going to uh, be in the playoffs so they'll be in the 15 through 30 range in the next two years, uh, but that 2022, 2023, when it's only top six and top three, that's those are the years um, that this could be very, very good, and that's a sneaky good um, protection for the Grizzlies. I mean, it really, uh, I know it's it's very small and it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it's very smart uh, the way they did the protections if they were able to get it done like that. That is, it, it's 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 a sneaky good protection where you know the next two years they're going to have Mike Conley, they're going to be good, and so you really set yourself up in the next in, in 2022, 2023, 2024, one of those three years where you can catch the Jazz hopefully on a down year and get a good pick, and it's one of the assets you kind of just lob off into the future for yourself. You're not you don't really have you're probably not even going to think about it in the next two years, and then in in three or four years from now you're going to go, huh? We still have this pick. That's 
that's pretty dope. Uh, and it's going to be awesome to have a, a top 10 pick or maybe a lottery pick when you uh, might not otherwise have one, or maybe you have two in that year. So piling assets is something in this trade that is, that is, that is really good. Um, on the surface, when I first saw that, I didn't know the protections. I, I was like, I, I was kind of just meh. And the more I looked at it, the more I, 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 I analyzed it. And the more I saw what the Grizzlies front office was able to do, the more I realized this is a, it's an extremely good trade for the Grizzlies, uh, to be able to extract all that for Mike Conley, uh, it's probably really, really beneficial and probably helped. They waited, uh, until the off season to be able to complete this trade. The other part of this trade that's really, really good is the cap relief. Something that I tweeted out yesterday that wasn't getting a whole lot of attention is that the Grizzlies sent out $32 million in salary from Mike Conley. They only took back in salary $13.7 million. And that actually, it's more than that technically, but Kyle Korver is only partially guaranteed contract. Uh, and so he has a contract for $7.5 million, but they can partially guarantee that contract on 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 or before July 7th. So they can actually basically say, we're going to buy you out for an agreed upon price, which is $3.5 million to go away. Uh, it's kind of similar to the situation with Avery Bradley, that Avery Bradley has a guarantee of $2 million on his $12 million contract. They can essentially say, we're going to pay the $2 million. You can go away. We're going to save the $10 million. So if they don't guarantee his contract, uh, they can basically get out of it for a much lower price. So that's what Kyle Korver is in this trade. I think he's probably never going to see a Grizzlies uniform. He's 38 years old. Yes, he can play uh, very, very good beyond the arc, but he's just a shooter at this point. He's a stands still shooter. I don't know if that's uh, what the Grizzlies need. So I would be surprised if he is a member of the Grizzlies. Now, did they try to flip him for maybe a second round pick uh, before they partially guarantee it before they waive him? Maybe. Uh, but I just don't even know if that market is there. I mean, obviously they're, they, they're going to try to do something before they just uh, give him away. Maybe uh, they save all 7.5 million and get a second round pick for him, something like that. Those are the type of moves that are small, and again, it goes goes back to this the the port the protections on the first round pick. They're small, and you don't notice them at first, but it is very very good. Those things those type of things add up. So if you could flip Kyle Corver for a second round pick, you're not only saving three point five million, you're also getting a second rounder. Those are the type of moves that smart front offices do that are not just obvious that they go out and they they get done. Uh, the other part of this this trade, Jay Crowder is a is an asset. Jay Crowder is is a is a good player. Uh his contract's not bad. It's a, a 7. Uh, $7.5 million contract, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's not a bad player. Uh, he's a guy that can come in, and, and honestly, he can start right away on this team at the small forward. He, he's a veteran. He can uh, you know, probably teach those young guys a little bit uh, if you decide to keep him, which I do think they will decide to keep Jay Crowder. But he's also a guy you can flip at the trade deadline and you can get a different additional assets or if you if it does not work out or any of the type of things you want to do you can flip him later on in the year for something different um or you can honestly flip him now for something different as well but um but that that's a guy who he can come and start right away he's a good player um Grayson Allen is a project uh, let's be honest he he did not play much in Utah he is he's a project he's a 21st pick from last year's draft and and most most of those guys that come into that range on any draft are role players. And if you get a role player out of the 21st pick in the draft, then consider yourself good. I mean, that that's a good pick. Very rarely do you see 
stars or all stars come out of the late round, late first round, second round. That just, it doesn't happen a lot. But if you can go out and get a role player and if Grayson Allen can turn into a shooter off the ball, which is that is what he's supposed to be, that's his profile. If you can go out and turn Grayson Allen into a role player that comes off the bench that can knock down shots, then so be it. That's a win. Again, like I said on the other show Tuesday, if your opinion of Grayson Allen really dictates how you view this trade sometimes because you can love Grayson Allen and think it's a huge win or you can hate Grayson Allen and think he's terrible and think he's non-productive and done nothing all year, uh, nothing to prove anything, and you can hate the trade. So the the idea of what you think of Grayson Allen can really sway the trade uh, for you quite a bit. I'm in the boat of we just don't know. I mean, he's a project. I didn't. There's not. There's not a whole lot to go off of. Um, you know what his profile is, is, should be. That that would be good if he if he gets there as a role player. But you just never really know with with those picks in the in the twenties. Just never really know what what they're going to do. Uh, the twenty third pick in the draft. Uh, we'll talk about who the Grizzlies might uh, pick later in this show, but. That's also an asset. Uh, there were some uh, were some noise yesterday. They might try to uh, move that pick as well, maybe move up in the draft a, a, a little bit more. So they may not be done. Uh, but I feel, I still think there's some there's some decent players you can try to get at 23 uh, for the Grizzlies again. To hopefully turn down to a role player. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about this idea of the TPE, which you've seen around a lot around on Twitter. It is a traded player exception. If you don't know what that means, that's what it means. We're going to talk about that. I'll try to explain it to you and uh, try to explain how they can use it to their advantage coming up after the break. Welcome back to the show. This is a Mike Conley trade episode, reactions to that as well. Uh, We're going to talk about the traded player exception in this segment. Coming up in the next segment, we'll answer a few questions that you guys sent in on the trade as well. I'll get to those in the last segment of the show. But this is about the TPE, which I'm sure you've seen float around on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen people talk about it and probably talk about it incorrectly. So I'm going to tell you what it is and how it works. And they probably try to keep it as not as boring as possible because it's boring. But this is just like the minutia of the CBA um, that you sometimes have to get into to really understand it. So what is a traded player exception? This is a, a trade, a TPE or exception like this is like a grant. So what happens is when a team sends out more salary than it acquires in a trade, the team i.e. the Grizzlies, get a credit of a balance because basically the way the trades work is you can't send out, you have to, the salaries have to match no matter what. So basically what the CBA does is with this exception, it gives the team that's sending out more salary than it's receiving a credit. Uh, so with the Grizzlies sending out Mike Conley, again, we talked about earlier in the show, they send out $32 million, only getting $13.7 back. So the way you've seen this is like a 20, basically it's 29 million is what they have created as an exception. And the way that works and the only way it works is if the Grizzlies trade Jay Crowder into Garrett Temple's already trade exception. So the Grizzlies already have trade exceptions on their books. They have one from Garrett, the Garrett Temple trade. They have one from the Jarrell Martin trade. So they already have a few on their books. The biggest one is the Garrett Temple trade. So if they trade Jay Crowder into the Garrett Temple trade exception of $8 million and Grayson Allen into the Jarrell Martin trade exception of like 
$2 million. So the only real salary they're bringing onto the books is Kyle Corver, and they can buy him out, buy him out at $3.5 million. So you take Mike's money of $32 million, and you minus 3.5 from that's roughly 29 million. That's how you get that 29 million number, which everybody is throwing around. That is how you create an exception of 29 million. Now, if they don't structure the trade that way, now this is all again, we don't know the details of the trade and that is still to come out and won't likely come out for a while because I can't complete this trade until uh, after moratorium ends, well into July. I think it's July 6th or 7th. So they can't complete this trade until then. So, um, so we won't know until we won't know how the trade is structured until then. So I, I say all this and say that it only works if they structure that trade and they take Jay Crowder into the Garrett Temple exception and then they, they take Grayson Allen into the Jarrell Martin exception. If they don't do that, it's a different exception. They'll still get one, but it'll still be a lot less. So if they do that and they're only, they're really only taking a Kyle Corver, they have roughly a 29 million trade exception that they have created for themselves. Now, how, now what does that mean? Sure, you get this $29 million trade exception, but how does that work? How do you use a trade exception? So basically, again, you can take in more salary and not have to send out anything. So the way it works is a trade exception is like a grant. Basically, again, you have this pile of money sitting over there that uh, you can take money into. At this point, it's uh, a pool of money that the Grizzlies can take money into, but not have to relinquish any money. So normally, like I said before, trades normally work on have to have match for match salary. They have to basically, roughly, match each other's going in and coming out of each team. But with this exception, this grant that they have now from Utah Jazz, this grant now that they have, they can use it to take in other large contracts. So you've seen this idea of taking on large contracts from maybe Charlotte, uh, maybe the Thunder's looking to move off some contracts, uh, the Pacers. There's a lot of teams that are now looking to move money because they want to free up space to be able to sign different free agents. Well, the Grizzlies can become a rental house, basically. They can take in large sums of money, large contracts this year, and not really have to send. They have to send something out because it has to be. It's a trade of some sort, so they have to send something. But they could send a heavily protected second round pick that it will never convey, or they could even send like hundred and fifty thousand dollars cash. Like any of those things, they could send something to the other team, and then in return get back that player and a first round pick or multiple first round picks if it's a really bad contract. So the idea of becoming a rental house so that you can take in bad contracts and take in extra assets, i.e. draft picks, in exchange for taking on that bad contract, but you don't have to send out any of your young players. That is how it works, and that is how it will be used to their advantage if they decide to use it. Now, if they do decide to use it in some way, shape, or form, these contracts that are the bad contracts coming onto you, let's just say, for example, they did a deal with the Charlotte Hornets to take off, take on Nicholas Batum's bad contract. Charlotte Hornets wants to move off Nicholas Batum because they're going to re-sign Kemba Walker. They also want to have money to re-sign another free agent, and they got to get rid of this $28 million contract from Nicholas Batum. So they're going to give it to you and also give you a draft pick, a future draft pick to take on that money. You give them uh, a second round, heavily second round pick, heavily protected second round pick that will never convey. Okay, that money is still counting towards your cap. So that money is still getting used up. It's not like the players never exist on your, your cap sheet. So while you can take money back onto your, onto your cap and, and, and get 
picks in exchange for taking on bad contracts. All that sounds good, but please remember, you also have to pay these guys. They also still count towards the cap. So, you know, ideally, if you did that, you'd be looking for something like a guy who has a one year left on his contract, something like you don't want to take on something super long term. So, that is how a traded player exception works. That is what it is. Hopefully, I've tried to explain it as best I can because it is super boring. Uh, but those are the, like the ins and outs of the, uh, an exception and how it works and how the Grizzlies can use that. Will they use it? I don't know. They also just free up money. Now, we talked about this, just freeing up money in general. Uh, the Grizzlies can free up about $28 million in money, and this is how they can do it. First of all, they have the savings from, obviously, Mike Conley. They sent it out $32 million, only getting $13.7 million back. But they have to partially guarantee Kyle Korver, which is the means they'll let he, letting him go. They'll be taking on his partially guaranteed contract. They'll be taking on Avery Bradley's partially guaranteed contract of $2 million and, le- and saving $10 million there, letting Avery Bradley go, something I thought was, will still happen. And also, Jonas Valanciunas has a cap hold right now of $25 million. Again, a cap hold is just, I'm not going to explain it to you because it takes a little longer to explain. I don't have a whole lot of time. But it is basically a hold on the books so that the Grizzlies can't go out and sign other players and then sign their own and go over the cap to do it. But he has a hold of $25 million. That will decrease once they re-sign Jonas, Val- Jonas Valanciunas to, let's say, a $15 million. With that 25 minus 15, they're going to save $10 million on that cap hold. So then you add that all together, it's about $37 million, $38 million, but you also have to take it into uh, consideration they're going to sign draft picks, which is about $10 million if they sign the number two pick and the number 23 pick, but that still gives them a freed up money of $28 million. They've All this, because of Mike Collins' trade and a few other mechanisms, they can free up right now in this summer. Um, now, as far as just being able to spend, how much money do they have to spend on free agents? I haven't gotten into that yet. We'll do an episode on that next week on just exactly how much money they had to be able to spend in free agency. Uh, if they, who they can go out and get all those type of things. We'll do that next week. I've got to dive down more into my spreadsheet and do a lot more math on that. But just as far as just freeing up money, they did a good job along with, uh, on this Mike Conley trade. So, so I say all that in this segment to say this, that not only are the assets a huge win for the Grizzlies as far as draft picks, protections, players, uh, future assets, but the cap relief immediately and being able to basically uh, do a lot of different things with their cap space, that is a huge, huge asset, and I don't think it's talked about enough in trades. Coming up next, we will talk about your questions you have for me about the trade. we got a few different ones. I'm not going to get to them all, but I'm going to get to a few of them. So stay tuned for the last segment. We will talk about your questions. Welcome back to the show. Again, Mike Conley episode today. He was traded to the Utah Jazz for, as we've discussed in the first two segments, lots of assets. Uh, We're going to get to a few questions here. Let's go ahead and get to them. A question, who do you like for Memphis with the 23rd pick? Uh, Guys, I don't know. I forgot to type down who sent these in, so I'm sorry, but I'm sure if you hear your question, you know that you sent yours in. Um, Personally, I haven't done a whole lot of uh, investigation because we didn't have picked this far down. Uh, but if this out of the players I know, Ty Jerome for, from Virginia would be my selection with 23 if he's still there. Uh, he's an excellent shooter, shot over 40% from three last year at Virginia. Like, excellent, excellent shooting guard. Um, that's who I would select. The Grizzlies are, are, are going to need people, guards, 
players who around John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. who can shoot the ball. To be able to space the floor correctly with Jaron and John pick and roll, once you sink that defense in on that pick and roll, especially with John Morant's ability to drive to the basket and Jaron Jackson's ability to lob or any of those type of things on offense, once you sink that offense in and once you have created a pick and roll to where the, the, the players from the wings, the players from the corners have to suck in and either help on defense or do something Kicking it to the corner three corner for a three point for a three point shot is going to be huge in this offense. Um, it's something that we that Taylor Jenkins talked about in his press conference, being able to do this do those type of things. So I think Ty Drone would fit wonderfully in this system for the Grizzlies, and that's who I'd go after with a twenty third pick if they still have it. There's a chance they might move that pick tonight. Um, here's another question: After this trade, do you see the Grizzlies moving on from Jay Crowder or Kyle Korver, or keep them for shooters for Morant to feed? And with the cap space available. Anyway, we could bring in Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, there's a, several questions here. Um, I've already talked about the Crowder and Corver thing, so the answer to that is yes on Crowder for a bit. Maybe they can flip him for something additionally. No on Corver. I don't expect him ever to be a Grizzly. Um, don't Again, we've talked about shooters being around John Morant for defeat with the last question, so I won't get into that as well. Uh, the cap space for Malcolm Brogdon. We're going. They're they're going to have cap space. I don't know at at what level. You still have to see what uh, Delon Wright breaks in and restricted free agency. He still has a cap hold on the sheet as well for like about seven million dollars. That could go up or down depending on what he receives. If he goes out and gets a uh, match or an offer for twelve, thirteen million dollars a year, and quite frankly, we'll talk about this in another episode. But if he does that, they should walk away from Delon Wright. Uh, they don't need Delon Wright anymore. They have John Morant, a much much better. Uh, much, much better potential of a player in John Morant than DeLon Wright. But if they do get him, he does get an offer sheet, they do match, uh, then they could, uh, that could, that number could fluctuate up or down a little bit depending on their free agency money. So uh, I'm not sure yet is, is the answer is what I'm trying to say. I'm not, I'm not totally sure what exact money they're going to have from Malcolm Brodman. So we'll answer that question down the road a piece when I have more time to get into uh, the math of it all. Uh, last question is why, what do I think the intentions are for Grace and Allen? Um, that I, I think the intentions are that he's a project and you want to develop him as, as best you can. You, you put him on the floor next year with, with John Moran and Jaron Jackson and Kyle Anderson, and you put him on the floor out there and, and see what happens. And, and if he plays well, if he's a, a role player, then you keep him and, and you resign him long-term and or you pick up his options. So there are a lot of different things for Grayson Allen to be, or, you know, quite frankly, he could become someone that is on the verge. Maybe he's shows some flashes, but you're really still not sold on him next year. You could flip him for an asset for a team that, uh, again, potential, you can trade on potential a lot, especially with young players because he just did it for Grayson Allen. So, and maybe you see some flashes, but what you see in practice doesn't really hold true with the flashes you've seen in some certain games. And quite frankly, you're the only person that knows that those flashes are just flashes and what you see in practice doesn't doesn't match up at all. So maybe you try to flip them. So there are a lot of different directions for Grayson Allen. We just don't know yet. Uh, is he a project? Yes. Does he have potential? Sure. He's still the 21st pick in last year's draft. He's still a first-round pick. So there's a there's a lot to be seen before we make any judgments on what Grayson Allen is or, or will or will not be. Uh, I think the intentions are to keep him, uh, develop him, and see what he becomes. You know, ideally he is the he is the young prospect that you got in this trade. So you want to try to make sure you develop him as much as you can. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, that'd be great.
again, make sure you guys tune in to the draft tonight. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of reaction after the draft tonight. I'll probably have some audio uh, from John Morant's press conference or from uh, the press conference down to the forum. I'll be down there. So there will be different, a bunch of different audio that I'll probably release tomorrow, just raw audio so you guys can enjoy that. So be on the lookout for that. We'll also have another episode coming out with myself and Joe Mullenix later today before the draft as well. Uh, he's in town, so he's stopping by and talking Grizzlies with me as well. So we're going to release that for you guys too. So make sure you go and subscribe to Locked on Grizzlies wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get all your uh, uh, podcast feeds, Spotify, Stitcher. Just go to subscribe to Locked on Grizzlies so that you don't miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please go rate and review this show in iTunes. It really helps the rankings. And if you still don't know where to go after all that, just go to LockedOnGrizzlies.com.